and clap, say amen, shout, thank God that you're anchored to the haven of rest. Thank God we're not out there on those seas sailing without any hope. I'm glad for the haven of rest. Open your Bibles again to Romans chapter 13. I'm preaching tonight on the subject, America's greatest governmental failure. America's greatest governmental failure. I'm going to pray. I'm going to refer to our text and then get started in the message tonight. Heavenly Father, I come before you again asking for your power, asking, Lord, for wisdom, asking, Lord, that you would guide and direct and use me simply as a tool in your hand to accomplish your will. Lord, our nation is in dire need of turning back to you, of turning back to this book. Lord, may we shine the light of the truth. May we be salt and light. When it is accepted, when it is rejected, let us still hold the banner high. Help us as we preach and hear, listen tonight. May we be spirit-filled in the preaching and in the listening in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Look at verse number one. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Now notice this statement. For there is no power but of God. Don't miss it. Do you see that in your Bible? There is no power but of God. The sun shines because God gives it power. The moon reflects the light of the sun. The, the stars uh, twinkle in the, uh, the places that God has put them. Everything that has power, they tell me that'll come back on. Um, I think it's turned up a little too loud. Turn it down just a Is it too loud? Maybe it's too loud up here. They say when you yell, well, I'm just going to have to get a fundamental Baptist microphone if that's what it is. There is no power but what comes from God. Then when you look at governmental authority, if you call that power, refer to that as power and authority, that too comes from God. That's what he says in the next statement. Notice the Bible says the powers that be are ordained of God. I'll go through those powers in just a minute. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. They're not resisting the representation of the power. They're representing, uh, they're, they're resisting the person of the power, which is God. Are you with me in what I said tonight? Now, verse number three, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Now, the Bible says here, God is the source of all power and all authority. God is the creator and he is the one that has determined the value of life as well as the rights and the responsibilities of a man. Even our Declaration of Independence tells us that all rights are God-given rights. The government does not give us our rights. The government exists to protect our rights, but our rights are God-given. I want to say when God created man, the first thing he did was to give him a work in the Garden of Eden. 
Work was his purpose. Work is not a bad word. Work is a good word. Work is the source of integrity. Work is an opportunity to obey and satisfy the God who created us. Work is how we fulfill our being. Work is man's purpose. The very first purpose, are you with me tonight? The very first purpose of man is to work, not to draw from others that uh, work and so they don't have to work. The purpose of man is to work. The Bible says, and God is so strong on this, he says a man that won't work is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. That, my friend, is Bible preaching. That's what the Word of God says. Now, God ordained three institutions with different and distinct responsibilities. God first ordained the home as he took the rib from Adam and made a woman, brought her to him because he said, it is not good that man should be alone. And God created, he designed, he defined the home. The man, the father, is supposed to represent God's authority in the home. He's not the authority. He represents God's authority in the home, and there's a difference. I don't lead my home of my opinion. My responsibility is to say God's word is our divine direction for our home, our marriage. Our children are reared in a home so that they can grow up to know the will of God for their lives. God designed the home. Second of all, God designed civil government. Civil government simply defined, simply means uh, the civil government's responsibility is to enforce the laws of the land. Now, the laws of the land from Israel and from America come from this book that we hold in our hands tonight. I'll say more about that in just a few minutes. Elected and chosen leaders are not the authority of a nation, but their responsibility is to re uh, represent God who is the authority in a nation. The government has the role of protecting man's rights that are God-given. Government has the right and responsibility to wield the sword, the physical sword of judgment for right and wrong. America's form of government was based on the word of God. The Bible is the foundation for the moral and civil code of America. We accepted the Bible as our authority. We accepted the Bible as our position, as our nation was founded. I say to you tonight, if you want to know uh, the ideas, the philosophies of our founders, you'll find that they were connected to the very principles of the Word of God. Multiplied hours of written proof and monuments galore prove the heart and soul of our American foundation that's built on the Word of God. If you go to the Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C., you will see a depiction of Moses and the Ten Commandments, and they are saying our nation's moral and civil code is founded on the Judeo-Christian values or 
the very word of God. God then designed the church. God is the founder. The Lord Jesus, Matthew 16, 33, founded the church. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The pastor is not the authority in the church. He represents God who is the authority in the church using the word of God as our guideline, using the word of God as our guardrail for leading and guiding the church. The word of God is the foundation and is the daily instruction book for every Christian's life. I just take a drink of water when that happens. When committees and philosophies and scholarship so-called replace the Bible, the church is in trouble. Now from the very beginning of the Bible, we find God teaching man, this important statement, and requiring of man. From the very beginning of the Bible, we find God teaching man and requiring of man personal responsibility, or as I'll call it tonight, personal government. God said to Adam and Eve, you can eat of every tree, of every fruit in the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that tree. If you eat of that tree, that is the day that you'll die. Adam disobeyed God, and when he ate of the fruit, the sentence of death came upon Adam and death began working in his life, and he died because he disobeyed God. When Adam and Eve then knew that they had sinned against God, they took fig leaves and covered their body because they recognized that they were naked. God said to them that that does not satisfy me, that is not a covering for sin, and he introduced to man what salvation was when he took an innocent lamb and he killed the lamb and he spilled the blood and he took the skin of the lamb and made them coverings. That was the first picture in the Bible of Jesus being the Lamb of God which, taken, which takes away the sins of mankind. But God began teaching in the beginning personal responsibility and personal government. Cain and Abel came along, the sons of Adam and Eve, and they were taught what God required and expected in a sacrifice. They were instructed from the very example of their own life to offer a blood sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Now the Bible tells us that Cain was a tiller of the ground and Cain took of the best that he had from the ground and he offered it to God as a sacrifice, as an offering, and God rejected that offering. You know why? You say, was it no good? It was good, but it wasn't what God required. Now hear me well. All power, all authority belongs to God. He has the right to make the rules because he's the one that gives us breath to breathe. 
He's a fool has said in his heart there is no God. God is the giver of life and he is the giver of blessings and he rejected Cain's sacrifice. On the other hand, Abel, he offered what God asked for and God accepted his sacrifice and Cain was so angry at Abel that he killed his brother. God came looking for him and he asked Cain where his brother was. And great conviction fell upon him and he said, Am I my brother's keeper? As if he did not know. You see, sin will require another sin to cover it up and another sin to cover it up. And in the end result, Cain is filled with anger. He is wroth and God says to him, <clears throat> God, God says to him, why art thou wroth? May I say, there have been 10 billion, there have been multiplied billions of experiments of trying to make a person happy doing what they want to do. Happiness does not come from doing what we want to do. Happiness comes from doing what God said to do. Cain said, my punishment is greater than I can bear. One example after another, God is teaching personal responsibility or personal government. We come to the New Testament and we find the rich man. He's blessed because of his hard work and yet he does not recognize God. He has not received uh, Christ as his Savior. He is caught up in just what he can make and get for himself. And he said, uh, my barns are full. I, I have plenty. And he considered what he would do. He said, I'll take down my barns and I'll build greater barns. Then I'll say to my soul, uh, uh, take ease, uh, uh, drink and be merry. But God asked the question and said, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be. And so God was teaching and reminding us again of personal responsibility. God established the instruction of the home. He established the instruction of government and church. And that's what the Bible is all about. This is God's law book. This is God's commandment. This is God's instruction book. And as we obey the instruction book by personal choice, we receive the goodness, the blessings at the good hand of our God. Listen to this statement. When there is a basic self-government, the size of civil government to oversee man's behavior is very small and limited. Where there is a basic self-government, the size of civil government to oversee man's behavior is very small and limited. However, where man will not govern himself, we find the need to increase the size of civil government to compensate for a lack of self-government. Are you with me? There are elected officials that push and promote limiting the size of government. And I'm with them. I, I think we ought to limit the size of government. But it's impossible unless we get back to this truth. 
Some say we, we've got to stop the intrusion of government. And uh, Senator Rand Paul is known for uh, working to limit the size and intrusion of government. I know him. I've, I've been with him in uh, making speeches. I've spent some time with him. And I've said to him, but you have to understand, uh, that does not come from being a libertarian. Libertarian is another word for saying, I'm God. We'll decide what we'll do. We'll just all vote, and if we vote the majority, that's what's right. Now, wait just a minute. This book is what's right. If the majority votes for it, then the majority is on the side of right, but if the majority votes against it, the majority is against what is right. Now, I am for limiting the size of government, but not by saying anything and everything is legal. The only way you can reduce the size of civil government is to increase the amount of self-government, which automatically reduces the size of civil government. When men govern themselves according to the word of God, when men govern themselves according to the word of God, we then have no need for civil government because we govern ourselves according to the word of God. Now, the biggest governmental failure in our history is when we permitted civil government through the educational system and the judicial system to teach men to be, to be dependent on civil government rather than committed to self-government. Every time man is less in self-government, civil government increases and has to increase to keep man in line, to keep the obedient man safe, and the disobedient man separated from the obedient man. The educational system and the judicial system began with the Bible, and they began to remove the Bible from the classroom. This is the only textbook for self-government. It's the only textbook for self-government. We replaced it with sex education. We replaced it with all kinds of, of arts, uh, they, we've replaced it with all kinds of things that go against the very word of God. And when we got rid of the Bible, we got rid of the textbook for self-government, thus multiplying civil government. The greatest failure in history took place when the word of God was replaced and self-government was replaced with a trust in civil government. This resulted in man's trust going from God to government. And that's where we have been for a little while, but we're moving further. And I'll come back to that in just a moment. We live in a day when even Christians will believe the government over the word of God. Even when the, even when the government is wrong again and again and again. Civil government has no power when those who are in civil government have no self-government. Those in charge that have no self-government, our nation is doomed without a revival. Revival. 
You are seeing the best days in America right now and they are, and they are quickly slipping away. We're losing our freedom and the more we trust in civil government, the more freedom we lose. The government has no success stories. Show me something they've touched that has been blessed. They would put you and I in jail if our checking account looked like theirs. They won't let you and I go in the deficit and keep writing checks. But that's where we are tonight in our nation. Now listen to this statement. Had Cain offered what God had required and God had asked of him, God would have never interfered in his life with discipline. He got mad at God for stepping in his life, but the problem was Cain stepped across the line and God said, I require self-government. I require self-discipline. And the only reason that judgment came in Cain's life is because of his disobedience. By the way, a nation that went from self-government to trusting in civil government is now not satisfied with civil government. And now they're moving to anarchy where, where their, their, their wicked ideas can only be pushed by force and fear. You would think that they would be loyal to the government that has fed them and yet they are trying to destroy the government that has fed them and sadly many are trying to reason with those bullies. You can't reason with the bully. They only, they only understand one thing. They don't understand reason. They're not interested in reason. They're interested in anarchy, what they want to do being in control. Had the people in Noah's day followed, uh, uh, simply followed self-government, then God would not have stepped in with judgment of those in his day. And some take the patience of God as the permission of God, and we think we can live in sin. We think we can go against the word of God. We think even as Christians we can steal and be dishonest. Oh, I'm not talking about ways that folks can see. I'm talking about ways that nobody can can see. I'm talking about Christians cheating and Christians going against what is right. And we come to the place, we think that God's patience is God's permission. But I got news for you. When we cross the line, God is going to let us know he is in control. As God gave life and designed life, as we read in the first five books of the Bible, he gave man life and he gave man responsibility and rights. He established judges for those that would not self-govern. There was a due process of law. Then there were penalties that were swift and severe and God's people learned that they were to control their own lives. The further they would get from God, the further they would get from self-control and the closer they would get to another nation judging them. 
when man in America would not self-control when it came to morality. It put an undue pressure and a burden on our nation and the response of our nation in 1972, instead of continuing with the laws that we had, they made it legal to murder the unwanted unborn child. And rather than self-discipline, we increased civil government and we began the downward trend that we're on tonight. When man would not self-govern when it came to morality and started having children out of wedlock and put an undue burden on our nation, the response of the nation was not to stay with the law that we were founded on, not to stay with the truth that we were founded on, but the response of the nation was to increase the taxes of those that would work and give to those that would not work and we have multiplied the sin and we've multiplied the cost until the place we're just about broken beyond repair. Poverty and fatherless children became a reality in our nation and rather than us dealing with the source of the problem or the cause of the problem, which was teaching and preaching the word of God, we called sin a sickness, gave folks an excuse for their behavior, and we started treating the symptoms and ignoring the cause. We still have the cause of poverty. We still have the cause of abortion. We still have the cause of fatherless children, but we, won't, we don't want to deal with the cause. We just want to deal with the symptom and finance the symptom, and we've come to the place that we've rewarded sin, expecting it to get better all the while it has continued to multiply because men will not exercise self-government. Now in, in Romans 13, the Bible says the rulers are not a terror to good works. Do you know there were no police officers patrolling the street where I lived last night? They weren't looking for trouble on my street. You know why? There's no alcohol sales. There's no liquor stores on my street. There's no lottery sales. There's no prostitution on our street. There's no place for folks to just hang out. You know, when I was a teenager and we got finished with the work day, my dad said, you can do whatever you want to do. And we did, man, we went to bed. My dad could fix this problem. I can't sleep at night in about three days. There was no rock music festival on our street that would draw a crowd of people that would smoke dope and drink, uh, drink booze. People on my street went to work last week. They went to bed at night. They spent time with their family in church. And I want to tell you, you can clean up any street you want to clean up if you just get back to self-government. And civil government and police cannot do what only man can choose to do. You want to know how to defund the police? You want to know how to reduce the police department? Get a job and work all day. Do that every day for weeks on end and months on end. You get home, take care of your family. You, you, don't have to worry about the, you don't have to worry about the police. We can reduce the police to just taking care of simple needs if folks would just obey the law. Why don't they tell the whole story? 
Now, I'm not for anybody being treated unjustly, and that's what folks would try, uh, some would try to uh, make me uh, to sound like I'm saying, and you know I'm not, but somebody's got to say, you can't stay at home all the time, and the government buy your alcohol, buy your booze, and buy your drugs, and give you the mu uh, music and all of that foolishness, and expect to have anything less than the trouble that we have on our streets and our communities. I'll tell you why this bunch wants to defund the police. They want to continue in their sin and wrong. They want to smoke their dope and drink their booze and play their music and sleep uh, when it's time to go to work and expect the government to take money from working people to keep paying for them. Do you know there was no need for police officers and drug dogs in our schools in America until they started promoting the rock music, the rock music that fantasized drugs and alcohol use and, the, and the immorality? I said there were no. You know what the rules were when I went to school? No talking in class. I mean, you, you'd done something really bad if you had, if you had uh, uh, snuck in a piece of bubble gum. You know it's true. But we had fear of that man or that woman that was the teacher in our class because while we had not yet learned self-government ourselves, our parents saw to it that we obeyed self-government. The more of the rock music you add, the more of the alcohol you add, I get so sick and tired of folks saying, well, we need the revenue of alcohol. You wouldn't need it. They put no value on life. They put no value on a teenager, a young man or a young lady being killed because of a, of a drunk driver, because of the alcohol. They put no value on it. Why don't you do a little contact tracing of those that got out uh, drinking and driving uh, in the last month and find out who sold them the booze and take the people that sold them the booze and put them in the courthouse and put them and say their name in a press conference and say this man killed this man because he was drunk and he bought his booze at this Kroger right here. Or he bought his booze at this liquor store. He bought his booze at this bar room. You want to do a little contact tracing, find out where it comes from. Oh, but no, we want to we make sure that everybody's safe and we use the police to make sure nobody goes to church because you can get the virus at the church. Professing themselves to, became wise, to, to be wise, they became fools. If I told you tonight to list some of the most prestigious colleges or universities in America, you'd name a few, and somewhere on that list, Princeton would be on that list. They voted this week to drop the name of Woodrow Wilson because a professor said he was racist in his thinking. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now, I can't fix the world, but we can do right. This instruction, and I'm finished. Number one, we have to teach our children in our home to self-govern according to the Word of God. Exodus chapter 20 is a good place to start. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You say, well, why him? Because he's the creator and he's the one that gives you life. 
Without God, you can't breathe. Without God, you can't live. I'm the Lord thy God. Well, to teach our children. Well, to teach our children not to worship any other God. In our schools, they say, well, we, 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 we have to be equal in our religion. Why? Why? Only one God created us. Only one God gave us life. Only one God makes the sun to shine and the rain to fall. Only one God makes the flowers to bloom. Only one God makes the fruit trees to yield. Only one God makes the animals to live. It's only one. Why would I worship any other? They're dead. They're an imagination. Are you being, I'm just telling you the truth. My grandparents are dead. Their gods are dead. That's just the way it is. My God, though, is still alive. That's why we worship him. You look at the Bible. The Bible said, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Well, to teach our children, you don't curse and use God's name in vain. Now, you have to understand, if you do, God will punish you for that. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. We need to teach our children to self-govern. Second of all, we need to live in self-government. We need to be honest in our dealings. We need to be fair in our dealings. We, we need to live right as an example for our children. Third of all, we can't give the education and care of our children to government. It's not the government's responsibility. My children don't belong to the government. They belong to me. It's not their job to feed my children. It's not their job to clothe my children. It's not their job uh, not to educate my children. It's not their job. It's my job. It's our responsibility to rear our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have to say that. We have to teach that. That used to be common and standard in every classroom across America. Now, the only place you'll hear it is where somebody will preach the Word of God in church today. The greatest governmental failure, America's greatest governmental failure, is when we replaced self-government with civil government. You want to reduce the number of police officers? Do right. Shut the liquor store down. I'm, I'm so disappointed this Cracker Barrel down here is going to be a test store to sell alcohol. By the way, listen to me, it's a test. If they're successful, they're going to keep selling it. If they're not, they're not going to keep selling it. I'm going to do my best to help them fail their test. I'll, I'll fix soup beans at home. Do anyway. Had some today. My wife can fix soup beans. Self-government. That's what we have to get back to. You don't have to worry about a no-knock warrant at your house if you just do right. You don't have to worry about any warrant. You just do right. Stand with me, if you will.